that this is uh, the first sermon series that I get to be a part of with y'all. Um, a, a little bit of a confession though, uh, I am uh, not, I don't have the best taste in music. My husband's a musician, um, that's where he is this morning, uh, and uh, I, you know, but I don't always have the best taste in music, and I have a three-year-old son, and so sometimes it's a lot of like Coco Melon and Blippi and Wheels on the Bus and stuff like that. And so, so when I started thinking about, you know, what am I going to preach my first Sunday? I started to get into my own head. I was like, what am I going to, what am I going to preach? What am I going to wear? Are they going to like me? Am I going to fumble over my words? Am I going to say a bad word? Like, do I remember how to do this? Like, all of these things just started running through my head. And then finally, last night, I was like, well, then maybe you should have just started with "You're So Vain." You're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. And so when I heard that Reagan over in Traditional was doing one of my favorite songs as well, even though I'm copying her, I decided it would be a great morning to start with Ben Rector's Steady Love. Because here's what he says about Steady Love. He says that it isn't about... Um, all of the flashy things, all of the things that we see on Facebook and Instagram, it's not a highlight reel. What we need is something better than that, something that's more steady than that. And the reality is, as a community of faith, that's what we need. It isn't about me. What we need is something more steady. It's not a camp high. It's not about performance or a concert. It is about something steady. So Steady Love is an emotional piano ballad that speaks about the quick passage of time that seems to quicken the older we become. As Ben concludes that we can't outrun the clock, he reminds us that, through, that though we can instead find some steady love. Here's some of the words to this song. It says, you can't stay young forever. You can't keep from growing up. But when your heart gets tired of living on the run, my God, you should find some steady love. Steady love. By God, you should find some steady love. Now, it might seem small and even unintentional, but it's actually very intentional in this song that in the second phrase, Ben says, by God, you should find some steady love. Ben is a person of faith. And so he is a person who thought, thinks intentionally about music. He's someone that I've been following for many, many years. And he's a person that talks a lot about faith, but he talks about it subtly. That steady love is not just something, well, I hope you find it. Best of luck to you. Good job. No, by God, because of God, we can find some steady love. So today, this is what the psalmist is talking about. We're reading from Psalm 118 today, and this book of Psalms, all of the chapters of Psalms, are a book that is both prophetic and poetic. It's a book that incorporates worship, and it reminds us that our faith and our emotions are not intended to be held separate from each other, but God can handle all of our experiences. All of our feelings, all of our doubts, all of our fears, all of our questions, and all of even our anger. The book of Psalms, most importantly, is a prayer. 
It is a constant prayer teaching us how to pray, what to pray, what it is okay to pray. And it encompasses all of our life experiences. This is a book of prayer. If you have not read the Psalms, I encourage you to flip to the middle of your Bible and read a Psalm. Maybe just once a day. If the Psalms is not something that you've been into recently, which is something I have not done recently, this past week I just opened it up. In chapter 113 through 118, I picked one a day and I just read it. And what you'll find is that Psalms are a prayer. When you don't know what to pray, our scriptures help us to see and to find what to pray. So if you're looking for a new way to have a devotional or some time with God, open up to Psalms. So Psalm 18 specifically today is a connection with a group of Psalms that start in chapter 113 and they go through where we're reading today in 118. The chapters are and were used in Jewish festivals and holidays and they're intended for corporate worship and they're a praise and thanksgiving to God. So the song by Ben Rector, Steady Love, comes from his album, The Joy of Music. And so it seemed fitting today that the psalm that we read is a ballad of joy and thanksgiving. So I want to read you the first four verses of chapter 118 in Psalms. Listen now for the, for the word of God. The chapter starts like this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his steadfast love endures forever. You see a rep repeating refrain, right? About steady love. His steadfast love endures forever. These first four verses in Psalms are intended to talk about God's love and God's endurance and God's steadfastness. This first part of the Psalm is all about that word love. Give thanks to God, praise God because of God's love. Now the word love is not one that's unfamiliar to you and it's not unfamiliar to one that we talk about a lot. We talk about love in our society a lot. There are so many songs about love that we could have chosen. We could fill up years and years with different songs about love. But this Psalms is talking about God's love. And that maybe there's something specific, maybe not even fully comprehensible about God's love. It's a love that's sacrificial. It's a love that's abundant or full. It's a love that we don't earn or have to achieve to receive. God's love is a love that we hear about over and over and over again in the scriptures. We hear about God's relationship with God's people in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We hear of God's relationship with the Israelites, which is what a lot of the Psalms are referring to, is God's deliverance of the Israelites, God's protection over the Israelites, God's help and perseverance with a group of people who time and time again do not do anything to achieve or earn that kind of love. They turn their back from God over and over again, and yet still God never turns away from them. And this is, of course, the kind of love that we see about in the life and the teachings of Jesus. So because we know this love, we are capable of this love because we are God's creation. In the beginning, God created us, and God said it was good. So as God's creation this is a love that we are able and capable of knowing ourselves. Now you know 
when you see this kind of love. We can hear this kind of love. We can sense this kind of love. We can see this kind of love. We can feel this kind of love. It maybe would be something that you could call the smell test or the sight test. Does it pass the test? Does it pass the gut test? Because you know when you see something and it's just not quite right. It doesn't feel right. You know, it just doesn't look quite right. It just doesn't, it doesn't sense in your gut that this is quite right. We know this. We can sense this. We sense this kind of love when it is there and when it is not. We can sense when it is a performance. We can sense when something is just trying to be impressive or persuasive. We have this sense of truth, and that is a gift from God. We are able to sense this kind of love because that is the gift that God gave to us. This is why Ben Rector wrote the song, Steady Love. He says, I think it can be easy to feel like our lives are supposed to be full of excitement, but I don't think we are meant to live in a highlight reel. I think we are made for good, steady love. I don't think that we're supposed to live as a performance. I don't think we're supposed to live thinking that all of it is supposed to be perfect, all of it is supposed to be impressive. I think what we really are meant for is something much more steady and real than that. So the psalmist goes on in verse five and talks about all of the things that are not steady around his life. All of the things going on, all of the anguish, all of the war being overrun, and there's this rhetoric that happens that you'll hear. This is a little bit long, but stick with me. It starts in verse five. It says, out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me on a broad place. What the Lord, with the Lord on my side, I do not fear. What can mortals do to me? The Lord is on my side to help me. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in mortals. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. And in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They blazed like a fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. Do you hear the I but God? I was pressed down on. I was struggling. I was suffering. The world around me was shaky. The world around me was pushing in on me. I didn't think that anything was steady in my life but God. The Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my might. So when we say God's steadfast love endures forever, when we talk about this kind of love, when we talk about it being steadfast, what we are talking about here is that God's love remains the same. Our lives don't remain the same, and Lord knows change is so consistent in our lives. But you know the other thing that's consistent is God. God may show up in different ways in our lives and God's way of showing up in our lives might be different in different seasons, but God is consistent in showing up. 
One of my favorite phrases is not just Emmanuel, God with us, which we say a lot, especially at Christmas when we talk about Emmanuel, Jesus coming in the flesh, God with us. But I also love the phrase, God is for us. This is what the psalmist is saying here, that God is not only with us, saying it's okay, you got it, but God is for us. God wants and desires those things for us. That's the kind of love that God gives to us, a love that pushes us forward. Then finally today, this psalm ends by talking about what we would call the day of God's son. This passage of scripture we see again. In fact, we see it five times in the Palm Sunday readings. When people are shouting on the streets, they are part of a Jewish festival that is going on when Jesus is entering the town of Jerusalem and people are saying, God save us. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're quoting Psalm 118. So here's the last part of this chapter today. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected have become my chief cornerstone. Remember that, because we're talking about Jesus there. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the, fe the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. I will give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. So if we're talking about God, if we're talking about God's love, God's steadfast love, we can't talk about any of those things without talking about God's endurance. God's steadfast love endures forever. God's steadfast love is not only stable, it is strong. It is like that parable that Jesus tells about the foundation, how we could either have a foundation that is built on sand where everything is shifting back and forth and when the waves come and the storms come, the house goes down, or we can have a foundation that is built out of something more sturdy, something stronger, something built to last. This is what we talk about when we talk about God's endurance, God's endurance for us. And this is the juxtaposition between Palm Sunday and Good Friday. Jesus rides into town on this donkey and everyone says Hosanna in the highest and calls him king. And then by that Friday, they nail him to a cross. God's love endures. Because even in that lowest moment, even in the pitfalls of that moment, what does Jesus say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. God's love endures. When we are so far down that hole that we don't think there is any possible way that we could ever see God's love again, that we could ever believe in God again, or even know what God's goodness even looks like, 
That's where God's endurance is. Because God doesn't stand up at the top of the hole and say, you good? Come on out, just whenever you're ready. No, God is there with us. It's a love that hangs on. It's a love that will not let us go. I have the gift of of knowing this type of love from God in a very personal way. Uh, The song that we sang this morning, the very first song, Great Things, is one of my very favorite songs. Um, And when James was little, he was about six months old, I think, we started singing it to him at night when we were putting him into the swaddle. Because, you know, when you take the new parenting class, they tell you how to put a diaper on a kid when they're like two weeks old and they're not squirming. And I don't know if you have one of those kids, but my kid is never still. Like he is just always, like, I mean, every limb. And so unless we are doing some things that he could focus on, even at six months old, he was moving. So we would put a swaddle on him and we need him to, you know, sit still for a minute, and as we would do that, we would sing, hallelujah, God above it all, hallelujah, God unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. And I would help James to put the swaddle on, and Kyle, my husband, would sway his hand back and forth. And after the third or fourth time of doing it, James kind of caught on, which helped because we had to get the swaddle on. He would lift his hands up when we would sing that part. Flash forward about eight to nine months, James is uh, going into day school, preschool for the first time, and I'm a, I'm a new mom and I'm scared, and so he goes for two days, and then Kyle goes on the road, my husband's a traveling musician, and uh, he goes on the road, and um, James gets a runny nose. And you know, I'm like, well, you know, it's the first week of school, kid's gonna get a runny nose. Two days later, my kid starts what I now know as retracting. His chest was caving in. And I didn't know what this was. I didn't know what, why it looked a certain way. I just knew it wasn't right. So I took him to an urgent care first, you know, and they did an oxygen test and said, he's fine. And I had a doctor come and look at me and go, are you a first-time mom? I know. It's scary, but kids get sick. He's going to be okay. And then I went to the pediatrician that afternoon because that wasn't enough. And they said, yeah, he's got a double ear infection. Here's, here's some medicine, you know, he's on his way. By that evening, I was with my um, cousin who came in from Chattanooga. We were in Nashville at the time. And she saw his chest that night. And he was in so much, he was in so much pain. And, um, and she said, that doesn't look right. And so I finally, I emailed, the, I didn't email, I texted the video. I took a video of it and sent it to my friend here in Dallas who's a nurse. She called me from a winery in Sonoma and said, okay, I maybe shouldn't be like telling you this right now, but I felt like it was important to call you. That looks severe. You need to take him in. You need to go down to Children's, downtown Vanderbilt um, Children's. Um, I said, Laura, I'm really scared. She said, just go, just go, just go. Um, I took him in his diaper and they saw him and they immediately took him back started running tests, um, and apparently what was happening was he couldn't get the air out. He's pre-asthmatic, which is what we learned later, and so it wasn't that he was having trouble getting it in, he was having trouble getting it out. Um, And so uh, I was told that if his breathing didn't improve within the next hour, that they were gonna need to put him on a ventilator. Um, This is all while Kyle was gone. And so um, we're just going through the motions. 
James ended up spending four days in ICU. Um, he did not have to have a ventilator, um, and, but he did have to have a lot of oxygen and he was really sick. And during that time, I don't know that I've ever felt so far away from God. I've never been so scared. I've never felt so alone. And I didn't know how I would ever be able to see God's goodness again to see that God was gonna take care of my kid. You know, and then of course my kid gets out of the hospital and he's back at home and he's just, you know, bounces right back. It's amazing, kids just bounce right back. But while he was in the hospital, he had an IV in his arm and you know, he was really tired and um, they, uh, in order for him not to rip out the IV in his arm, they strap it so that he can't bend it. And so, you know, he's doing this a lot. And one night as we're going to bed, I finally just start singing again. And I say, hallelujah, God above it all. Hallelujah, God unshakable. And my sweet kid's hand just jets right up. <laughs> and it just stays there. God's goodness, God's love, God's steadfast love endures forever. And it's not for the moments when everything is perfect and good. It is for those moments when we don't think we will ever see it again. God's steadfast love surprises us. God's steadfast love is the kind of steady love that we need. Ben Rector says it like this. It might not always be wild and free, <laughs> but more and more, that's all right with me. Because the truth is, we are made to be in steady love, in steady, enduring love, the kind of love that God has given to us. Friends, my prayer and my hope and my dream for this community is that this community can be that place, that anchor for when you don't feel like you have it all together. When you don't know if you can see God's steady love, when you don't know if you can see God's goodness or God's great things, you can come into this place and into this space with these people. And I want you to know that people will sing it over you when you can't sing it yourself. There will be people who raise their hands when you don't think you can anymore. So yeah, today I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted the right outfit and I wanted to do all the right things and I really want you to like me and I, there's a lot about me and a lot about my insecurity that really wanted to just, you know, have the today be about my vanity. But it's not about me. It's about this group. It's about the love of Jesus that calls us into this space over and over and over again. Because we need that reminder. We need that goodness and we need that steady love. Let's pray. God, we thank you today that you have done great things, that you are doing great things, and that you will do great things. So God, help us to see it today. Help us to be able to see it more clearly Help us to not have expectations about what that should look like or what that should be like, but instead be present to what you are already doing. God, we thank you for your love. Help us just to continue to learn about it and to live into it and to be part of it. God, what I want today is just to be part of it. 
I want to be part of that steady love. I want to be part of a community of faith that can just be real. Be honest, be open, because you know, we know you meet us exactly where we are. God, bring us steady love.